0: Hello, everyone. My name is Saliha Zada. I'm a filmmaker on a spiritual journey. In these podcasts, I will be talking to people from various industries, backgrounds, and experiences. And together with you, we will dig deeper into their spiritual connection with their own being or with their own soul. We'll be sharing stories of people from various backgrounds, by plunging deeper into their soul connection and get them up close and personal so they can feel comfortable to share their inner stories. Furthermore, the idea is to have a soul reconnection space where people can understand the common thread binding all humanity, for we are spiritual beings first. Welcome to the 13th episode of Untold Story Told. Today we have with us Aisha Shahid. Aisha is an MBA graduate from AGSM and her professional experience is over 10 years. She says that the engineer in her structures her thoughts and helps her bring order to chaos. Aisha is a thinking introvert, a curious dreamer, and a human connector who is passionate about working with people to bring out the best in them, developing long-lasting relationships and taking them on a journey of discovery and growth. So let's get to know her a bit up close and personal. Hello, Aisha. Welcome. How are you today?
1: Hello, Saleha. Thank you.
0: I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's so good to have you on the podcast today. We've been meaning to have you for a few days and now you are here. Uh, How does it feel? We've
1: had this back and forth, but yeah, we're here. I'm trusting you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So let's continue. Why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, Aisha?
1: A bit about myself as in when I give an interview or a bit about myself as in when I introduce myself at a party.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think a bit of both would do as in what are you doing currently and what have you done in the past? Okay, I'll
1: give you a mix of everything that I am because that's my current state, a mix of everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so if you talk education, I'm a telecom engineer turned marketer because then I did my MBA, so now I'm into marketing, brand management. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just a normal person like everyone else on a self-discovery journey. Mm-hmm. Um I believe in uh, friendships and relationships. So I think I'm a people connector. I like connecting people and connecting with people. So anything that has to do with reaching out, getting in touch, I'm in for it. I'm also an empath, which is good and bad at times, bad because then i get bogged down by the stresses of the world <laughs> so i need to check myself um you know short of not being too bogged down by that um yeah i think that's it um, you you just talk to me and maybe I'll, you know, reveal a bit more about myself.
0: Beautiful. Everything you just said was wonderful. Like I can totally relate to being an empath myself. Like I listen to people's stories and even, you know, doing the podcasting, I'm trying to understand myself as an observer rather than getting pulled into stories. It's very uh, like for people like you and I, I think as an empath, it's very easy to just uh, uh, think that the other person is understood by us, but we need, to keep that little step away too because sometimes there's a much more deeper story or a deeper understanding to it but we just assume that we know but most of it is to do with intuition right what do you think it is intuition a big thing when it comes to being an empath
1: Um, I'm not sure about intuition but I think it's just a feeling that comes from um, understanding um, and also, you know, thinking of multiple perspectives, uh, and also listening, actively mm-hmm. listening to someone mm-hmm. because, uh, throughout my life, I found myself that whether I've met, just met someone or whether they're my friends, mm-hmm. I'm always uh, privy to all of their stories, all of their secrets. I like, hang on. We just like, yeah. you know, yeah. met five seconds ago and now I'm sitting here <laughs> listening to your deepest <laughs> problem. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I don't mind it. I think maybe because I'm listening to them, they just go on sharing their stories Mm -hmm. with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, I think I've always had this feeling where, you know, I wanted to just stretch out and hug the whole world, (laughs) (laughs) everyone's safe, or do whatever I can to solve everyone's problems, mine included. Um, Mine actually came at a very later stage. So I've just realized that I'm important too, uh, which is good. (laughs) But yeah, but all my life I've been that way. Uh, So much so that I think at times I'm so uh, like, I I drive so much energy from feeling that way that I feel um, withdrawal when I'm not, (laughs) when I'm not, when when nothing's happening and there's nothing to solve. And then, then you know what? I actually then rely on uh, watching TVs, you know, to get the tear (laughs) jerk reaction. I want to have that emotional immersion. And once I'm done with that, I am so much more creative and so many ideas come to me which are irrelevant to whatever I just watched but because I've been through that whole emotional overhaul yeah my mind just opens up spaces that were clogged before I mean others are like me but that's what I do (laughs) I force myself to feel so much so that then I can produce those creative um, ideas that I want or you know whatever I'm working on or thinking of working on
0: yeah i think that's what happens is like when we have so many of these ideas uh sometimes we need a break from it that like we need this outlet because we don't know we're feeling all these emotions we don't know whether there are emotions or we're picking them from others and of course it comes from a good place it comes from a compassionate place where we mean well for the other person but we don't know how many emotions we're carrying on our shoulders so watching netflix is one of the things that I do, uh, I'm pretty sure you would be doing that too. Being a mom, that's a good outlet for us, I think boy, both being mothers. But I should tell us a bit about your childhood. When you were a child, do you think you had a similar knack for things where you thought that you had some empath abilities then but you didn't recognize them but you had some experiences related to being an empath where you wanted to help the world, hug, hug the world, did you have those kind of moments as a kid i mean yeah, i wish i had a grand
1: stories to tell <laughs> <laughs> but um maybe i did i don't remember or it didn't resonate at that time but there was one thing for sure that i felt um, throughout my childhood uh, and even now in life is that uh, i jokingly tell everyone that i am the one heterogeneous element in all these homogeneous groups around me. So for people who don't know chemistry, it's that, uh, ever since in school or college or even professional life, there are these small groups of friends, you know, how people form groups and yes. stuff. Yeah. I was the common element in all of them. So okay. I didn't have one specific group. I was just friends with everybody and everyone considered me their friend and yeah, it was always like that. So I couldn't uh, be secluded to just one thing. So I think that has something to do with me relating to everyone and, you know, listening to everyone and also being told, uh, like being uh, contacted by everyone. So yes, that was that. And um, if I look towards my family, uh, <laughs> I know if my sister's listening, Michelle um, agrees so that she'd go to my mom and say that, you know, my sister's actually quite brilliant and talented and, you know, God gifted talent and everything. And you know, she's just brilliant. So right. she, but for some reason, um, I was like the pet child of all uh, yes. the relatives. Yes. So she's like, I'm here achieving all of this, and here comes Aisha, and everyone's like, you know, <laughs> all of a sudden endeared towards her. Like, what's that? Yeah. Not that they didn't like my sister, of course they love everyone. Mm. But I used to get special favors out of everyone <laughs> in my family. So maybe that had something to do with it. Um, yeah. I don't know. (laughs) So, Like I said, so as I evolved, I began to realize that I am this connector. I just connect. Ah, Just connect.
0: (laughs) And you like like to connect people as well. Yes. So uh, during the COVID time, there were a lot of people who got into a situation where they were stuck at home and everything kind of changed for them. Um, so for you personally, how was that time? Like, how did that shift you or, um, you know, there were many people who came up with new ideas and they started doing new things and many people look at, looked at it as an opportunity or and some people did not, how was it like for you?
1: I'm glad you asked that. So um, COVID situation, the whole thing, uh, though very unfortunate and not very positive, actually flipped the switch in me. Um, I had this massive energy shift um, mm-hmm. or realization that, you know, this is what it is um, and we got to deal with it. We got to be the best that we are, um, mm-hmm. count our blessings, uh, be grateful. Mm-hmm. So I started from there Yeah. and then I felt that, you know, I want to reach out to people because people may not be as expressive as, as I am. Or they yes. may not have the ideas that maybe I have and I yes. just wanted to because everyone was now locked down at, in their houses right in this uncertain time yes. they didn't know what's happening what's not happening that some people were waiting yes. for it to get over some people would yes. just just let themselves go like oh this is vacation I'm just not for yes. whereas for yes. me it was that I wanted that connection and I said, if I am missing that connection, surely there's someone else out there who's missing that connection. So yeah. that's when I started my um, virtual social meetings. So yeah. it was, um, so you know, we have social distancing, but I'm, yes. I'm going to socially, vir- like, virtually social meet everyone. So I started yeah. posting these videos of myself. Yeah. It, it started with me just explaining what the situation was like in Australia and what I can and cannot do. Uh, short videos of ourselves uh, you know taking a stroll around the block or you know wow. and that was allowed but then that stopped as well and we hmm. were at home so then it actually got me thinking because everything had paused hmm. there was so much less noise everywhere hmm. and I think at an energy level uh, that's when I was uh, at my best because yeah. I was beaming <laughs> I was just beaming and I've because as Mother Nature healed because you must have heard the whole world's carbon footprint had gone down. There was no, yep. I could see clear skies. I live not too far away, like not as close as you do to mountains, yep. but a blue yep. mountains. I don't live that yep. far away, but I could actually see them from my house. I'm like, everything like nature wise was at peace hmm. and I just felt elevated and mm-hmm. that cleared so much of, you know, cloud in my mind. And it just got me thinking and reflecting and then my uh, videos uh, transitioned from just, you know, a virtual visit kind of thing to more um, uh, meaningful let's put it that way because not only because of the energy that I was feeling but also because uh, of the impact that I had created I didn't realize mm-hmm. that I I'd actually be you know impacting a few lives but then I started getting uh, DMs and personal messages and you know people saying oh thank you Aisha, for saying that oh yes we you know totally agree this is happening on our end not always people like and comment publicly some people like to do it privately and when I started getting those messages, I felt like, I, f- I felt good. I said, even if there's one single soul out there who took some meaning from what I said, then I'm really grateful for that. And I feel that I've done something in this world, right? And it was not just fun, it was more than one. So that got me thinking and just situations, you know, when you are away from your mundane routine, yeah. uh, you know, and you're forced into a situation where you're just with yourself and your thoughts, you actually realize how many things you had cluttered your life with previously, Mm. how many are actually important, how many you can do without. Mm. And not only that, when you're like, I'll I'll talk about relationships as well, when you're in with your partner in such certain situations, Mm. you're past, you know, you're past the whole, Uh, chit-chat and small conversation bit, and then you're actually talking to each other yeah and if you you realize you know things that gaps maybe that you need to fill and there were a few instances where then I went to do self reflection and actually research because I also like um, you know behavioral sciences and um, just psychology and things like that so I actually went into research and I identified one of my subconscious biases and then I spoke about it and that really resonated with so many other people. Wow. Yes. And then, you know, then I just started um, feeling this connection with the broader community. First, it was just my friends, but then people across the globe were commenting and sending me messages and yeah, it really lifted me up and it gave me a sense of purpose, sort of yeah i always knew at the back of her mind but it came it had a clearer picture now that yes i mean if if i'm able to relate to someone Mm -hmm. and if someone's actually listening to me and taking good out of it then um i I need to up my game so then i started before my talks i used to start to research something so that you know Mm -hmm. i say something that's valid uh, and that's it Uh, but i didn't make it like uh, i didn't want to um overburden myself because you know i don't want to do it for the sake of doing it just to push out content so whenever it came to me i used to sit with it process it research it and then i used to speak so there there are a few uh, long days delays between my posts so but i just trust the universe for that to just give me something and then i'll relay it back
0: that is so interesting like how you just came up with such so many thoughts and then you how you executed it and then how you before that thought about like what is your you know what is the bias that you need to work at and that needs to come out and how you actually went into it like a behavioral studies and studied yourself during that process and then what do you wanted to bring out or something that you wanted to make sure is coming from that good space and it's something that um creates a new knowledge rather than just some uh, thing that's been said over and over again. So, I and I used to follow your videos too and the messages were full of positivity. They were full of empowering words and Mm -hmm. messages and they were so motivational. Uh, I was really proud to see that, you know, more and more uh, sisters, more and more friends out there are doing such great things. Uh, It's good to, um, you know, some people, most of us, I think, uh, as as mothers, when we have little kids, we tend to sit too much on our ideas. We have ideas and we think about the world a lot and we think about that one day, one day, but then there comes a point where you realize that technology, everything is there for you. I mean, uh, we are so blessed that we do have it to our disposal. So it's just about taking that leap. Yes. So it's just about that little bit, as you said, I cannot post every day or something like that. But when you could, you did. And yes. it was just about doing it when you could. And there's no judgment. There's no nobody out there, you know, making a scorecard. That's my personal story. So I'm just kind of attaching that with you. Yeah, but I and
1: I'm very grateful that, you know, I didn't get any negative backlash because, you know, when you do go through your Instagram feeds and stuff, you see there's so much content there where people also have negative comments. Mm -hmm. I was most scared of that prior to going public. So I I just changed my profile to public when I started these videos. So prior to going public, I just had that fear that what if I get, you know, some really harsh comments, none, not a single one. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful for that touch may I hope it stays that way. But yes, but that also gave me an extra push. Um, And like you said, the content that I was uh, pushing out was purely, you know, whatever just came to me, whether it was a prayer, or whether it was something as simple as you know preparing yourself for the coming days because as we found out that you know this is going to last a long yeah. time then i had things to say about you know setting yeah. up your home office managing expectations you know uh, having a chat with your employers and your partners like you know now your role has been multiplied mm-hmm. so just things like that from there to psychology to you know biases and then you know got uh, we had this whole we. I mean, we still have that at the back of our minds, the whole Black Lives Matter movement and and things back home. And then when Corona became more serious um, in Pakistan and started affecting family members, Mm -hmm. everything. So I was just talking about whatever my heart um, responded to. (laughs) And because I think it was heartfelt, the hearts that were in a receptive, whatever state uh, state of receiving received it and acknowledged it and because there was no um malicious intent i didn't get any malicious con comments back so i i hope that <laughs> that's how it went
0: yeah Your messages were so positive you don't even need to think about that but it's like amazing how literally there were no those kind of comments because of course those trolls and all are all over the internet the more social media you experience or you become a part of uh, that's always there that's always there but when you when you took that risk right it gave you that adrenaline rush and that gave your positivity a further on push and yeah. when you come from a positive space you are bound to get positivity and you won't even see the negativity even if I mean, God forbid it happens, but if it comes, you will not be able to see it because you're such a positive pure hearted person now, I should tell me uh what do you think uh when like when you go on in life uh what do you think is a good way to uh, look at situations like when COVID happens. Uh, what did it make you think? Like, should we? Should we? What's the way to look at these kind of situations? Should we panic first? What should be our first initial reaction? Um, what was your first in, initial reaction?
1: So, for me, I'm a firm believer of responding and not reacting. Um, and that response. But having said that, the response only comes after you've fully acknowledged what it is it is what it is like i won't be blinded by rose colored glasses you know calling it what it's not so for me it was more of processing the information what i have in hand what i can control and what i can't control so that's the best the best thing so instead of just reacting oh no what's this what's going to happen how i survive or you know it's not going to affect me you need to respond so there's a difference between that, um, and my husband would laugh if he's hearing this because he's always telling me when I have a little squabble with him, he's like, Aisha, stop reacting and start responding. <laughs> so it's really drilled in our household. Like you know, we need to respond and not react. Um, so I guess it is unfortunate that the virus is present right now, but I am hopeful that we'll get a vaccine uh, mid next year or whenever it's ready. Hmm. But how we can cope with this, with it, is is by Um, realizing what we can and cannot control what we can control is we can a you know follow all the basic hand hygiene and everything that the government's instructing and advising us to do second we can hold on to our faith right whatever your faith is whatever you hold on to you have that hope you pray to them you submit yourself to them the higher powers Mm -hmm. that you you perform daily gratitude. You be thankful for what you have already, so that your mind is not running down that uh, whirlpool of negativity, of losing hope, of despair, of being you know so uh, frightened of the world out there. You count your blessings. For instance, it's hard. it was hard for me or anyone like me who has family all over the world. We can't reach them, God forbid, if need be. But I'm not going to now sit here and, you know, think about that and be anxious and everything because I can't reach them. All I can do is I can pray for them and I can keep advising them and suggesting to them to be as safe as possible. Yeah. But what is is, what will be, will be. I mean, I cannot control faith, but I have to accept, you know, I have to accept acceptance. Mm um yeah i think that's it acceptance and thinking what i can and cannot control and then responding to that how can i keep my kids safe or Mm -hmm. oh my god i'm stuck at home or oh my god i have this opportunity now to spend this time at home let me enjoy my home if you have a home you know i mean everyone has different blessings everyone has even even if it's the tiniest blessing hold on to that one and feel good about that because the mind is wonderful that way. The minute you start feeling good about something, you 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 start seeing that reflected everywhere. You'll feel everything's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was how I dealt with it and, you know, took my family along and uh, I was fortunate not to be really adversely affected, but we, it is going on. Uh, I stopped questioning when will this end and you know what will yeah. change. I started, you know, going with the flow like Okay, this is now what we have to do. Okay, this is this has now changed. Okay, let's go with this way, yeah. and continuously talk to my children and my husband about it because uh, I'm not the only one in my house. I want yeah. the whole family to be that way. So mm-hmm. yeah,
0: I guess it's with something so new. There are always phases. But I think you you got it. What I'm trying to say here is, like, if anything new comes into your life and it's totally out of proportion and you've never heard of it, uh, if you have this little self uh, understanding or you take out that time to ground yourself and understand about gratitude, um, and don't just respond without thinking. Let it seep through. Those kind of ideas just you've just shared with us are so important to embody to live by. Uh, because if uh, the situation that's with COVID right now, I Think you would agree with me is that it's a collective issue, and nobody's an expert. So, till we don't bring out a little knowledge that we understand and we think from our higher self that probably this can help you my mm-hmm. friend or my fellow human being. So to, to we don't do that for another human being. It won't pass on, it has to pass on. So mm-hmm. I loved how you did that during the COVID and you right now, whatever you just shared with us. Uh, but tell us about um, the fact that you just told us in the beginning that you would love to hug the world, which makes me think that you must have somewhere around your life, thought about humanity and what your purpose is. I mean, you were a uh, working lady, working in your field. Was there a moment where you wanted to just leave everything and go and do something that was more connected with the human cause? Um, was there a moment like that?
1: Yes, absolutely, um, always. It's always at the back of my mind. And um, previously, like, you know, I mean, a few years ago or many years ago, I don't know, I used to feel like I was limited in in my learning at that time and I used to feel that, you know, I can't help someone because I myself don't have the capacity financially to help them, right? Mm. But then with time, I I realized that, you know, I mean, I can help someone with a small act of just either listening to them, talking to them, being with them or helping them with any skill that I have. You know, there are multiple ways of helping people, not just financially. Actually, financially should be the last resort. You should try everything else first, you know, to to make that person or whatever um, team to feel uh, good about themselves. So this has always been at the back of my mind. Um, But uh, yeah, I have done a few things specifically. But let me just say, tell you that uh, throughout my life, whether it was in school or uni. Uh, my friends actually used to make fun of me when I used to do this, but they were like, uh, like, for instance, if we were hanging out in a uni and I see someone else who's not at, not from our uni come in uh, and and I can notice that, you know, they can't find their way or anything. I would actually go up to them and I'd say excuse me are you new here are you looking for something if you're looking for the offices they're right there or what is it that how can I help you sort of a thing right so my friends used to say oh my god uh, tomorrow we'll just see her sweeping the floor here because she just wants to help everybody <laughs> so I always had that in me so whether and then but more recently um, when I had kids of my own I started, uh, th- I started recognizing the the nurturing side in me mm-hmm. and also the teacher in me. So I never knew that I, uh, I had that kind of a passion or whatever, but it came to light when I had kids and they were growing up. So with my children, um, so with the second one, I didn't get an opportunity to stay back home. So I went back to work straight after eight weeks um, after having him and I was at work and I'm the sort of person who gives it everything right if I'm doing something I give it my all and I was actually giving more than myself to my work Um, and then one fine day I realized uh, actually when my oldest and got uh, the admission into school I realized, like oh my god I've been spending all my time at work and now my kid is from daycare straight to school and soon he'll be in uni and then he'll get married and I won't have any say in any of it. (laughs) But so that's when I decided and, and trust me, my career was really good. Right. I was, I was on the path to success, but I wanted to stop there, take a step back because my baby was uh, only a year, year and a half and the older one was going to start school. And I decided like, no, I'm going to stop now. Uh, Not only because I want to spend time with them, but because surely there's something more that I want to do and can do other than just pumping profits into a corporation, right? Anyone can replace me. I can step out of my job now and anyone else can replace me. The company won't even notice that I'm gone. They'll continue making profits and pumping product in the market, right? But what, well, how would I feel about it? So that's, uh, and around that time, my parents um, were planning to retire. So then everything just fell into place because my mom, she wanted to start up a school for, special, for children with special needs. And I said, mom, that's the perfect time. I'm going to resign soon because I want to spend time with family. But before I do that, I do want to come over and help you set that up. Wow. I said it from a very marketing perspective. I said, "Yeah, I'll do you know the setting up of it and marketing." But <gasps> when I went there, oh, wow. uh, I found it in me that I just wanted to keep going to that school. I kept going, and I volunteered to be a teacher there. And there were these beautiful children uh, with special needs. Um, They were disadvantaged because uh, they were all from Pakistani background and for some reason uh, in that background it was like they weren't considered um, normal Mm. they weren't considered different they were considered as if something was wrong with them and they had to be locked up at home and something so that's why my mom had opened that school to and and they were not very financially um, successful uh, their parents right so they didn't have the opportunities that other such similar children have in Australia or let's say richer kids have in, back in Kuwait. My parents were in Kuwait at that time. So to have those children come in and to be able to not only work with those children, but to also speak with their families, um, it was was amazing, you know, and, and humbling. And also it made me realize that, you know, I'm really grateful to God for what I have and also grateful to God for allowing me to be this part of, um, you know, happiness in their life that because those children throughout their life they were around the 10 to 15 age group and some were even below 10 years of age and prior to that academy being open they were just locked up at home their parents didn't take them out anywhere they were just fed and you know clean and that's it basically and they had so much to share in their own special way and i used to go there and they used to hug me um and more than you know, every day in the morning, prior to that, I used to wake up, go to work and everything. But this time more, I was sick. Like, I couldn't sleep all night because I was already thinking about the next day and what I can do. I was researching everything. I was making activities, you know, with, with material at home because I didn't want to sp- like, I didn't, um, I couldn't spend so much. So I was just using recycled materials from home, researching, doing those activities, taking all of that with me to the class and my kids. I used to take my kids too. Because I wanted my kids to uh, know that there are differently able people in the world as well. And I wanted those special kids to also have the opportunity
0: to interact normally with everybody. Right. And so, you were volunteering to do all of this. Yes,
1: yes. So it was it was so good. So I went to Kuwait for like a month and every single day of that month, I went to that school. Um, I did multiple activities. But like I said, you know, with my videos, how I mentioned that, you know, people reached out to me, even then, mm-hmm. even then, when I was doing that, I used to make short Instagram, just posts. Sometimes I did, sometimes I, I didn't, uh, because I was more involved with the activities. I couldn't take pictures at that time. So I just used yeah. to write something. And I used to just post it on my Facebook or my Instagram. And I started getting private messages from people, uh, from friends across across the world, not in Quake. Oh, Aisha, are you doing this? Thank you so much for this. We learned something today, you know. And I didn't realize there were so many other people in my network who who either had children with with certain problems or knew someone Mm. with a special needs uh, child. Mm. So again, I felt felt like, oh my God, that's good. I'm the connector here. You see how with every experience in my life, my belief in being a connector is strengthened. Um, yeah, so I got messages and then that just made my day. I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm doing this. So I, I didn't need to be a, so I had to volunteer, of course. Uh, they were qualified teachers and stuff and everything. I didn't need a certification to be there to help those children have a good day. Yes. Yeah. So, I did everything. I did things where their fine motor skills were developed. I did sports activities with them. I did social skills with them. We did a whole twinkle, twinkle little star performance. And it was awesome. It was awesome.
0: It's beautiful. Uh, Aisha, as you were telling all these stories, I felt like I was actually there experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it must be such a soul uh, nurturing experience for you, yeah. too, because you must be growing within. And I think. That's a big part of it. What do you you have to say about that? Yes,
1: of course, because those children taught me as much as maybe I taught them. Mm. Yes, they... There's so much to learn and I wasn't being paid for it and it didn't bother me at all that I'm not being paid for it. Any simple thing I used to see out in the world, like when I was not at that school, I used to think, how can I relate this back to them? How can I bring this into the classroom? How can I converse with them? So I used to spend one on one time with them as well as group time with them. And they had so much to this. They would, they would come and they would admire something. They would just hold my, you know, my jewelry or my hands. They loved going around in circles like Ring of Roses. And yeah. And, and I used to talk to my kids, like, you know, Hassan and Nisa. And my, my kids didn't even notice that there was something different with those children.
0: Wonderful.
1: And that's the experience I wanted them to have. Wonderful.
0: I mean, that's the best thing you could do for your children to understand this place, uh, the world as a place that is for all that no matter what is up with us, whether we have some kind of a disability or we are, you know, black or white, it doesn't matter that it's within the soul that and the communication can be done in so many ways. I mean, kids need to understand like, you know, that that we can communicate in so many ways. Yes. So if somebody cannot talk properly, you know, in your classroom, don't make fun of them because all they're trying is trying to talk to you, but they just can't try, you know, they, they are trying. Yes. So they need to understand yeah, they, are are
1: all different, they have a different
0: process of getting it across so yes wonderful wonderful now aisha tell me uh during this process when you experience everything with these children and uh i mean your children also experienced uh how it is to be and like what mommy does do you think that in a way you're also creating uh a, an experience for your children because then when they grow up they will do something which is more evolved than what you're doing so the more you show them an evolved mummy, who can do this 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 and everything you know taking care of the world taking care of her work put at home do you think that like kind of creates their mind as well like how they will experience their world
1: i sure hope so um i can't decide for them what they do and i can't um forecast or you know uh, give myself hopes of this is what my kid would be like but I'm on that pathway uh, of curating experiences for them. I try my best to uh, you know, raise them in a way in which they're all encompassing um, and empathetic and considerate and also responsible, young people and adults, hopefully. Uh, but yes, a big part of nurturing that or promoting that in your child is to give them those experiences as and when you can. So, mm. Whether or not you go to such a school, it doesn't matter. It's not limited to that. It can always be a conversation. So when you're know, when you walking, you go out on walks or something, or even if when you're in the car. For me, the best time I have with my kids is when I'm driving them to and from school because that's where they're strapped in their seats and they're listening to me and I'm listening to them. Yeah. So that's when we have our best conversation. And thankfully, both my kids are morning people just like me. So we're at our best in the morning. So we talk about the world we talk about all the different things in the world, how different it is, how good it is, how some not so good things happen in the world. We talk about mm-hmm. plants, we talk about animals, we talk about mm-hmm. global warming. We even discuss Donald Trump today because he <laughs> came up to me and say, yeah. do you know USA is having an election? They're trying to kick Trump out and they're going to get a new president. I was like, okay. <laughs> So, yes, we talk about different things and I currently am working because of this whole corona situation, I think the kids have become a little bit pampered. So now I'm trying to work on them not feeling so entitled. So so, <laughs> so, every time they come up to me, you know what, I need to buy this. I'm like, no, I need you to sort your things out and take one big bag of charity out first and then we'll see what you need to buy. We're not going to just buy it. You need to earn it for some good deed that you've done or maybe some achievement. So yes, I mean, they're learning, I'm learning, but I think conversations and setting examples, when they see you actually, uh, you know, living out what you're preaching yes. is what matters the most. They need those constant examples in their lives. Um, I'm not as fortunate as maybe others who have a big family around them. It's just my husband and I and one brother of mine here. So I try to um, get give them as many experiences as I can and lead by example. So hopefully, yes, they'll be good humans.
0: That's wonderful, Aisha. It's such a lovely conversation. I think I will need to have you on another podcast too because there are a few other stories that I want to get into. But for now, Aisha, tell me when, um, I mean, if you have experienced any struggles in your life do you regret those struggles, or do you think they were useful into making you who you are today? What, do you, what is your outlook on that?
1: Um, so it's easy for me to say that now, now that I'm at this point in life where I can look backwards and I can look forwards, mm-hmm. uh, it's easy for me to say that yes, you are a sum total of your experiences, and you are already and you're going forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I'm very grateful that I have no regrets. Mm. Um, I have learned from every experience, mm. uh, every harsh experience as well. I, I was fortunate not to have too many harsh experiences. Mm. But yes, I've learned from everyone. They have molded me, shaped me to what who I am today. Um, sorry, were you
0: asking if I had certain experiences in the past? If you would like to share them, uh, if any any struggling moment that you have and how it taught you about who you are today, like you're grateful for it or
1: oh yes, so struggling. Okay, so before I had this realization of self and self importance, Mm -hmm. I was naive or foolish enough to seek validation from external sources rather than from internal. (laughs) So I'm still on the journey of, you know, being very happy and content with myself. It's, it's, it's a journey. It's a lifelong journey, but I'm in a much better space now than before. So for me, it was always um, because, like I said, um, my sister, she's this brilliant God gifted, you know, child um, and between me and my younger brother, we had five years gap. So the five years I was under the shadow of my sister and even further because my brothers went to boy's school and we went to the girls' mm-hmm. school. So I was forever my, my eldest sister's younger sister. I was mm-hmm. never myself. So for me, I used to think that maybe I have to be like her. I didn't have to, no one was expecting me to be, but I had this feeling that maybe I have to be like her. Yeah. Or, or I used to feel that when I was in my friend's circle, Um, They used to, somehow I was always at the end of like, you know, everyone's joke, like I was part of the joke. So they used to sort of make fun of me. Mm -hmm. And I used to feel happy that, oh, at least I'm making people smile, at least because of me, they're laughing. And I used to accept that. And also, like I said, between me and my brother was a five-year gap, and my mom was expecting me to be a boy. She kind of like, you know, dressed me up like a boy, not a boy, but she didn't doll me up as much as my sister <laughs> right so i embrace that as my identity so that and i'm not blaming my mom or anything i enjoy all of that i like every boy thing so my first essay was my favorite toy is a train set <laughs> most of The girls had a barbie doll or something i like trains. <laughs> what i'm trying to say is that i was very much away from a very feminine kind of thing and this carried on to university in Pakistan. So mm-hmm. living in Kuwait in school was okay because it was multicultural, diverse, and everything. So I was really not an odd one out there. But when I moved to Pakistan for my undergraduate, I really yeah. stood out. Like I was not a typical girl.
0: Yeah. And I. the only world. Yes. And
1: also language because coming from Kuwait, English was my first language. We used to only speak in Urdu with my family, with my parents, right? but coming to university in Pakistan, even though it's an English medium university, people talk amongst themselves in Urdu. Yes. And I used to re- lapse back into English and I was just being myself, but they had this, oh my God, why is she showing off? And then
0: these
1: yes, they used to go away from me. And then they started giving me these labels and names, like because I was outspoken, no. because I was so, you know, I like connecting with people. You I used to talk yourself. to everybody. You yeah. I used to talk to everybody, whether they were a year above or a year below, it didn't matter. But in Pakistan, for some reason, you just talk to the people in your batch. <laughs> and <laughs> they started labeling me with all these negative labels, you can imagine. And they, they labeled me Layla Ali. Layla <laughs> Ali as in, uh, the box of Muhammad Ali's daughter. I <laughs> yeah my cousin said why do you have that aggressive look on your face all that I'm like, i don't have an aggressive look on my face it's just, it just i'm not smiling image. i don't need to smile at every possible <laughs> so like that but those things really helped me so had i not had those experiences i would not have uh, dived deeper into myself i remember telling my cousin sister once that you know what i don't need all of because i don't need to you know have these designers dresses or packs and things my confidence is my smile and my confidence is my height even that was shallow at that time but that's what i went into that's what i tapped into i got my confidence from there and i continued i did not i did not put myself in the box that they were trying to put me in yeah what i'm trying to say is that you yeah. get a lot i got a lot of negative backlash as well from people who didn't even know me they would just badmouth me because i was so different because i was so friendly with everybody and they would just label me with anything i got through uni i had a group of very good friends thankful to them i survived and then going into work i just i learned that you know there is i don't need to be the butt of every joke i don't need to you know tick someone else's boxes of perfectionism i am who i am and i'm my best when i am myself yeah so yes those experiences uh did shape me and have given me the confidence um of believing in myself and you know now when i get such feedback and such connections and how we met like we've just instantly clicked like we don't go back years and years and years but we're like such good friends and when that happens i'm, I'm like you know reassured that yes that's good
0: <laughs> i'm so grateful uh for your friendship too i think it's all to do with you know um uh, a time in your life when you get aligned enough to find the people in your life that were always meant to be yours where you don't have to, i mean as in your tribe a part of your tribe and in that what you realize the most and i think you do uh, like just like me it's like that it's effortless yeah and it's just it is yes. and you don't have to worry about oh, if i don't call my friend or if i don't you know be there for her event to, you, know, you don't have to please the other or have to keep the friendship going, uh, it's just it's just a connection and it's so divine uh, that uh, you feel like the person is in your prayers, the person is in the g- good thoughts you about, that you have about yourself basically it's a heart connection and that's how we should be we all uh, human beings should be connected at our heart centers and I love that about you now Aisha uh, since you said such wonderful things what I'm going to do for you is just do a little card shuffle for you which is a uh, part of this um, power thought cards that I have by Louise Hay I don't oh, think does know does that mean we're at the end of our session this is the sem- The second last part of the session. We can still continue after this. Okay. I thought i want put this forward because I felt that this is the time where you need to hear a message. Okay. Sure. this feeling. Yes, I trust you. <laughs> and when you were talking about your childhood, I could completely, as in when you were growing in school in Pakistan, even though I grew up in Pakistan uh, as well, but I changed schools a lot. So when I changed schools, I went to different cities. And every city had their own children in the school who had a different mindset. And my I was the odd one always, for that matter. But I didn't have the confidence you had. I didn't have the self-esteem you had. And that's why I want to tell you that, that to be weird-looking or weird than the rest, or to be unique in a crowd, is better than not to have the self-esteem. Because I had my fair share of... Uh, you could say the one of the most hardest lessons I learned or one of the most hardest struggling points in my life or in those times when I had no self-esteem. So good on you for having that. And you see, we all are shaped in a way to come back to but this. Sala,
1: let me point out that I may have had that one thought in me, but I needed a support system around me to be able to, you know, uh, help me keep afloat in those situations, and I'm really grateful for the people who were there for me at that time. The w- the whole world wasn't bad.
0: Let me just, you know, put that out there. I had yeah, yeah. It's just we
1: are trying inspired. to understand
0: the world. We are. We. It's hard to take care of yourself when you're a teenager, mm-hmm. and you're just trying to understand others. And just understanding others is that process where you engaging yes. yourself with them, right? Yes. 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 So let's do this card. It's a double-sided card. Uh, these, these are double-sided cards. So I don't want to look down. Otherwise, it'll be like, you know, as, as they were saying Pakistan in the classroom, you're cheating. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's a totally different meaning now. Uh, so I wouldn't that word, but it's just between you and me because we think we're the only ones listening to this and a, a present here. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, let's see what card comes out for you. If it resonates with you, uh, you can keep it uh, with you and I'll take a picture of it too. And um, if it doesn't, you know how to work with energy, we'll uh, take it from there. Not
1: for me, it's for someone in my thoughts.
0: (laughs) So one just fell out. (laughs) Okay. Um, So this one fell out and it's called, um, it says, I balance my masculine and feminine sides. Oh my God. (laughs) I don't know what this card is because I have never seen it before. So I'm reading with you. I'm reading, with
1: telling you. me that you know it's good for me that I was a tomboy and it's good for me that I'm not a tomboy anymore and I'm perfect where I am.
0: I balance my masculine
1: and feminine sides. Yay! I can play basketball. I can read joggers with my shalwar kameez and I can totally rock. Well, and so I'm
0: everything, babe. <laughs> <laughs> there is a description before we start <laughs> with our own experiences. It says the masculine and feminine parts of me are in perfect balance and harmony. I am at peace and all is well. Oh, bless you! <laughs> I'll send it to you. I don't think you can read it properly here, but you—you uh, you can send. me I don't a believe card. it. When so you were telling worried. me this story. I, I don't believe it. it. That actually just jumped out by itself. He needs the card now and it jumped. Wow. <laughs> so we have 64 cards. And that's so what I was
1: talking about.
0: <laughs> Keep it out so we can take a picture and send it to you, over to you. Yeah. Uh, it's wonderful. What do you think?
1: Ah, I think it's amazing. It just reassured me that yes, I'm fine. I'm, I'm happy with everything. <laughs> It's me.
0: Yeah, I try to connect a lot with my intuition when I do this. Of course, they're all affirmations, but you could have gotten any one of them, and you mm-hmm. got that one. So it's like a message, it's the divine message, I would say.
1: <laughs> Good, thank you.
0: Yes, and uh, uh, Aisha, would you like to give a message to anyone who's listening today, like uh, any um, young girl, who is, you know, uh, thinking about going forward in life and she feels like there's a calling and whether she should just take a plunge or just, you know, think about it doing, like how important is taking that leap? How important is taking that risk? How important it is to just do it?
1: Um, I mean, you know, you should always, you know, weigh out the risks, mm-hmm. but at the same time, If it is a true calling, it would not be a just one-time event. You would feel that calling, calling, calling at various stages in your life. Yeah. And you need to be sure that you had that. You're not just jumping, like, it's not like abandoned ship and now I'm in new waters. No, it's not like that. It should align, like, like, you know, whenever, wherever, whichever stage you are at life, you should have some sort of a two-year, three-year plan, whatever. But whatever you do must align to that ultimate goal that you are trying to reach. Mm. So have a don't just disregard it. Mm. If you have some thought or feeling that arises, give it its due time. Think about it, process it. Don't overthink things. Sometimes it's good to do things from gut feeling, but do a test run and then go deep into it but please 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 never stop believing never stop dreaming never limit or restrict yourself or your thoughts so keep thinking keep dreaming keep think you know looking forward learning you look back only to learn from your past not look back just regretting and reminiscing and you know i want to go back no you look back you learn from it and you move forward
0: mm.
1: keep that goal If not today, tomorrow, if not tomorrow, next year, five years later, it will come to you if it's meant to. So, but nothing goes without hard work. And I'm at that stage where I know what to do, but I have to put the legwork in. (laughs) Okay, so I'm procrastinating now, Mm -hmm. but if you're listening to me, you don't procrastinate. You put in the hard work. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. It's so motivational. Um, Yeah, Aisha, there's so much great content uh, content that you put um, on the social media during the COVID times and uh, we would like uh, the listeners and the people who are watching this to have access to that too so where can they have a look at the uh, content you've created
1: if I knew I was going to end up here I would have curated <laughs> everything and given you a pretty link to go to but like I said I just went with the flow on how I felt that day So uh, I did make a few of those posts public. Some are visible uh, to anyone on my Facebook and my Instagram because those posts are public not everything else. Instagram, everything's public, so that's fine. But Facebook, the posts that I did make public are public. So some of the videos are on Facebook and some are on Instagram, because I was also figuring out how to push out longer videos and you know technical issues and everything. Yeah. I don't, I'm sorry, I don't have a platform or one beautiful place where everything's kept. But if you want, you can share my Instagram handle and my Facebook. because.
0: Uh, could we have the uh, name for your Instagram handle?
1: yes it's my personal page again it's not it's not a separate page so it's um my nickname with my birth year which is 83 there you go i've said it i was born in 83. so your
0: nickname so it's, is it's
1: at the rate of ashi
0: 83 <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful, lovely. And I'll also, at the end of this uh, podcast, I will put down the details, whoever wants to contact Aisha. It's been lovely speaking to you, Aisha, and there's so much more I want to know. I know, want to know about your spiritual awakening. I want to know about the books you read. I want to know about how you spend your days and how you used to and how you do, what are the new things you've added to them. Um, and, and I you share so much now. Thank you. So oh,
1: much, I, I want ask you. to ask you, thank you. You're not going off without me thanking you. I just <laughs> wanted to thank you. Yes. Thank you. Saleha. for doing all of this amazing work that you're doing. I know you're putting in a lot of hard work and this has actually helped me come out of my shell and uh, be with you, share this space with you because, you know, like I said, if only one person is even listening to this and taking good from it, then you know you've done something remarkable in this world and it's not just one person. You've got a big following and mashallah, you've reached 12, 13, 14 episodes and you're on the go, you're on the run. There's more good to come. All the best to you and more success to you. Thank you for doing this. We all learn from every single guest that you've had. You've had amazing people on your shows and I've been listening to them and learning from them,
0: being inspired from them. So thank you, thank you, thank you for doing this for us. Thank you, Aisha. I think we all are, I'm firstly very humbled. And it's like, wow, (laughs) because you're one of those people who actually follows my podcasts and actually listens to my listeners and takes interest in my listeners. um, And you know them by name. And uh, so it's wonderful. And when I tell my uh, the guests who have come to my podcast that I they already know Aisha is a big part of me. So oh, yeah. uh, like I've got a few friends, like you, Sikander. So these people are like my attachments. They're like I'm an okay. inspector gadget and I've got this Aisha oh, coming okay. out and Sikander coming out. So <laughs> these people are like my little, you know, they are me. They are my little world. So thank you so much for being my a part of my world and also ex- making, uh, increasing and expanding the experience of my world by just being you. And the more we keep this gratitude thing happening, it will be never ending, but it will keep us in the flow. And that's what we want. We, we need others to keep us in, in the flow thank you so much for today aisha it's been so um, heartwarming it's been inspirational it's been like oh my god what is the story and we get you know lost in it i'm sure everybody would be feeling this too would love to have you in more podcasts and talk more with you aisha thank you lovely having you here thank you so much Alec. thank you so much bye And if you would like to keep in touch with Aisha Shahid, you can do so by going on Instagram and typing in ASHI83. That's Ashi83.